What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this episode of The Real Rescue, powered by Vertical Helicast. This is episode 166, part one. Right now, let me take a quick shout out to our sponsor for this episode, Precision Aviation Group. Their precision is key for your performance. Check them out today at precisionaviationgroup.com. Now, coming up next in this part one episode, we are joined by a guy who is a rescue swimmer and a helicopter tactics instructor for the Portuguese Air Force. He comes on to tell us some of his rescue stories that he's had flying off the coast of Portugal. Please welcome our next guest, Mr. Ivo Pinto. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard rescue swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is The Real Rescue Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Real Rescue. Today I've got a fellow rescue swimmer brother coming to us from Portugal. That's right. He is part of the uh, Portuguese Air Force, is a rescue swimmer there. He's also the president of the EUROSA, the European Rescue Swimmer Association. Very excited about that because I was there when that happened. Uh, it was it was an eventful moment. I think it's here, it came from my eye. Maybe maybe that was yours when you were like nominated, elected. Everybody stood well, up, saluted. It was- <laughs> Let me make the job and the job I need to take over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Son of a sweating, sweat pouring out my face. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ivo Pinto. What's up, my brother? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, having fun. Um, Portuguese weather is still decent. <laughs> so to all oh, the, nice. uh, in the north parts that you're still freezing. Yeah, it's nicely perfect 20 degree weather here. And sunny today, nice. thankfully. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Sounds like it's time for me to make a trip up there and hang out with you. I'm just saying, I'm just, I, you know, I, you know, yeah, I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. Don't worry. It's kind when of funny, actually. Yeah. When you come over, you got to make sure that you visit the Azores. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's kind of funny, actually. I, I think about you from time to time because. Uh, my wife went to Portugal with her mom and you were the first person I called. And I was like, all right, here's what she's doing. Here's the plan. Is this cool? Is this good? And you were like, well, I do this, this, and this. And then and she totally derailed her plan to do what you recommended. I was like, that's my boy, awesome. dude. <laughs> so she, she had a super good time, which is all that mattered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, Ivo. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Bring us into it, dude. Let's get a little background about you. All right, so from Portugal, how did you become uh, an Air Force rescue swimmer? How did all that happen? Okay. Uh, I'm going to start dropping numbers now. <laughs> oh, so, buddy, I can't wait. <laughs> now, I, I, I joined the Air Force in 2000. I, uh, I immigrated when I was uh, younger to the U.K., so I did my secondary education there, then I came back. And I joined the Air Force so as a comms corporal. Um, and I had a really British accent. As uh, I came over, I got got into the Air Force, comms, then I got stationed in the NATO command. 
Uh, and when I got there, they put me in an office uh, doing uh, tech stuff with uh, seven other Americans, Navy, Air Force, and Army. So, oh my gosh, my British accent is done. <laughs> they were, <laughs> <laughs> they made sure that was done. I still remember my first time uh, talking to one of the Americans that was seeing me through, and go like. He goes like, oh, no, no, dog. And like, why, why are you calling me dog? I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> D-A-W-G. Come on, dog. My dog. <laughs> Even E-9 now in the Navy. At the time, he was an E-5. And he was, he's freaking awesome. Uh, oh, that's but stayed in NATO for a few years. Then I went to NCO school. And when I came back, um, I, I was in a tactical comms and uh, I got to work with uh, fighter jets because I was a comms operator in a tactical air control party. So there's a forward oh, wow. controller support him. Yeah. And uh, I went to Afghanistan in 2008 uh, for a quick tour. And when I came back, you know, I was, I've done the whole war thing. It's, you know, been there, done that. And uh, Rescue Swimmer School opened up uh, some positions in the squadron and like put my hand up. I want to go. I want to save people. A new challenge. Nice. Uh, so nice. I became a Rescue Swimmer. In yeah. Me and Freaking six other awesome. brothers. <laughs> Sweet, man. Sweet. Now, we're going to have to give us a little little more background on that um, because I I don't know what your training is incorporated I or what it entails. So. 10 years, you've been in the military for 10 years at that point. Um, yep. You go through school, so you're not super broken, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Just a, and just a that, and, minor. And it was, yeah, I was 10 years in the military, but I was 27 when I when I got to rescue swimmer school. So I joined oh, nice. at 17. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. And, uh, so then yeah. you might wake up with just a couple aches and pains. It takes you a minute to stretch out. You're like, oh, Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready now. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what does your training look like to be a rescue swimmer? Well, uh, basically, we go through a whole lot of psychological testing before uh, we get there. We get um, uh, what do you call it? Psycho. It's not psychological. It's not psychotechnical uh, testing. So they make sure we have the right faculties to become a rescue swimmer and make sure that we have the right mindset. As you see here, last RSM, we had one of our clinical psychologists that uh, he told you what kind of uh, elements they're looking for a rescue swimmer. And we have our entry medical tests. Basically, you get enough x-rays on your back to glow in the dark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And, you do, and then you do your uh, PT tests. So that PT tests and the medical training tends down the herd from like 70 people down to 20. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it thins uh, the herd a lot. And then when, as we go through PT testing, they make sure that we have the entry levels just like you guys. And what that entails after is a lot of the accessory courses that you have to become a full rescue swimmer. You do it before you actually get, um, they, we, they call it the six weeks of water adaptation training, which okay. 
Is that yeah. is that your water yeah. confidence? They're gonna yeah, try to exactly. drown you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it, I, I think I've, they tried to drown me in lands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god! Yeah. As Sam Fielder would say, it's flogging in the pool. <laughs> yeah, it just it just comes down to some of the some of the stuff that we did, which is. For example, morning mornings on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we would uh, run. We our base is the at the end of a peninsula, so and the longest curve in Portugal is in the base, and it's the second largest curve in Europe. It's a six kil uh, kilometer curve. <laughs> you can see oh, it when you're here. Yeah, so we run to the pool. Uh, we'll do an hour to an hour and a half training on the pool, and then we'll run back, and that's morning training. <laughs> but oh my gosh, nice! That's morning training. Then afternoon, we after right after lunch, we start doing the um, we start doing uh, uh, theoretical lessons to make sure that we you know that psychological training goes through, and you're you know you, you're tired. And the first week, it's kind of okay. Yeah, at the end, after lunch, you sit there and you're just going, you, you look <laughs> like a dummy. <laughs> yeah, here's the helicopter. I'm dying. I don't care. <laughs> and then you usually go for like a, a light jog, which most of it entailed uh, not knowing what how far you're going to run. So it would go like, guys, okay. We're doing 5Ks. Okay. 25Ks later? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just, you're just jogging. My, my uh, course buddies would always say that, and my instructor would go like, whenever Evo, his head's just doing like this running, he's just done. <laughs> he's just following <laughs> along. That man running. <laughs> There's no neck muscles left. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's just rubber. Uh, you look like, like bobblehead, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's so funny. Oh, yeah. hilarious, man. That's yeah. cool. I like that. We have the other days. We go. There's um another peninsula which is 40 k's down south from here. And we would go, it, there's a, a big river and a naval station. So we spend there the whole day. With, and lunch, it'd be from 9 a.m. to around 5. And we would either be in the water or running or working out. And wow. uh, the intervals when we would rest would be to mess with the equipment. So it'd be on the naval station. There's like a, a port. And it would be one of the instructors with the rope. And us in the water, you know, operating the litter, the rescue basket, operating our equipment, being like, okay, get up, okay, get get fully geared again, you know, put your fins underneath your arm and run down the beach, then swim back. Okay, yeah, wow. nice. Let's do a few push-ups. Okay, and then now we're running again and we're swimming back again. <laughs> Damn, man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good cool. stuff. That's good yeah. training. I like that. Okay. Oh, out of curiosity, do you go through uh, any medical training in your program? We we are uh, 
unlike some of our uh, European counterparts, our medical training is very limited. Uh, we basically okay. have basic life support. <clears throat> uh, we have TC3. Uh, and I don't know what have, that means. I have no oh, idea what TC3 is. <laughs> I, I have to American get American dude, that. American guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the, the acronym at the moment, but basically it's uh, combat uh, basic life support. So okay, cool. The basic of the basic, because we have right uh, be, due to uh, the way we operate, uh, we work with uh, a flight flight nurse on board. So. It's all about getting the victim inside the helicopter as fast as possible, because uh, since some of our rescues go up to three and a half hours on the return. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, our our range wow. our range four hundred nautical miles, and we've had rescues at three seven nautical miles from land. I not Holy me personally. In my corner, we have yeah we. Yeah, we do we do tech flight to extend our range. So we will shut down one of the engines when it's emission that long. And it, we have it's a EH one oh one Merlin and three engines and you fly out, you switch off one of the engines, and well when you're close there you switch the engine back on. You you one of those long range missions you usually have twenty minutes on site and then you have to head back. Wow, what a trip, man! I didn't even think of that. Like I, I you know, I've known C one thirty is to do that. They'll they'll shut down one or two engines and then feather the props. Yeah. But that's a C one thirty. That's not a helicopter. No, but and you guys, just, oh, let's shut one down. Let's, that's yeah. freaking awesome. I actually didn't know it could do that. That's cool. Yeah, we. I, I don't know if we're the only ones that do it. I I know that we do it, and uh, it it. Basically, our search and rescue region is the second largest search and rescue region in the world. So in the Azores, which is the best thing you could have as an aircraft carrier, uh, you still have a lot of uh, nine islands that we can land in. But since our water region is so large, it's the way we can save people a little bit further from our shores. We gotcha. had a, a, yeah. You remember the rescue with uh, the USPJs? Uh, yes, um, amazing yeah. story, absolutely amazing. And I don't want to ruin that now because I would love for those guys to come on here and tell that story. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll give a little piece of that. The short version <laughs> is pararescues out of New York, fly halfway across the Atlantic, jump out of a perfectly good plane, stabilize some guys, and then get picked up by the Portuguese Air Force rescue swimmer. Amazing story. And that's all I'm telling you guys. That, that's it. That's it. The rest of the, those guys got to come on and tell that story because it, it is insane awesome. So yeah, anyway, yeah. right on. Um, Is there any worry ever about like shutting the engine down as you're on that long way out and worry it won't start back up? Oh, yeah. It, it, it's always a worry, but you when you switch it on again the problem it would be it would be if it doesn't switch on you might not have the power to go into a hover at the destination right okay so but you can still fly the problem so. right on yeah wow uh, 
yeah, the Azores, it's usually where you do that. And the Azores is another beast. It's big and weather in the Azores is interesting. <laughs> and those are the islands that are directly west of Portugal, like exactly. way out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Are there, and there are bases out there, like the areas to land, like the landing pads Air and Portuguese Air Force Base. And that uh, the Portuguese Air Force Base has um, a U.S. Air Force uh, attachment. So they have like a, a commander there that has support for whatever Air Force uh, airplanes and uh, people come through from uh, the U.S. to Portugal. Very cool. I don't think I knew that. I learned something new today. Evo. Thank you. I appreciate In that. They treat it as largest airfield. But it's Portuguese Air Force Base, number four. Dang. Wow, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, there will be a map up. I'm not sure which side, but probably this side right here. Somewhere around here is going to be a map to show <laughs> exactly where that is. All right? It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. All right, Ivo. But... Next question. Ready? Yep. Do you remember your very first rescue? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um <laughs> Once I finished my rescue swimmer school, because uh, we get trained on the EH-101, all rescue swimmer courses are done in my sport, my current squadron, which is 751 squadron. And uh, I got stationed in 552 squadron. At the time, they had Alouette. So Alouette is a very uh, ancient aircraft. It's awesome for piloting. But search and rescue wasn't quite the beast <laughs> that each one of them did. I think you could almost yep. fit the Alouette inside the each one of one. <laughs> oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Yeah. And it had, oh, trust me, it had some differences. Uh, it had um, a hoist that was up to 150 kilos. Yeah. A pneumatic oh. hoist. <laughs> pneumatic. So air operated hoist. <laughs> Made oh out of the air, like my <laughs> yeah. So most, yeah, and and it's due to Portuguese uh, legislation. It's um, cut to five nautical miles outside of shore. So my first rescue, <laughs> we I I got called out uh, for a lady that went missing, and you know shoreline rescue and search part. We're in the shoreline and, you know, you're trying to find someone because it's, it's been more than two hours. So, you know, you know, the kind of uh, search I'm, I'm talking about where, where you don't bet on the casino as, as hard, but you're doing your job as diligently as possible. And yep. they had, and it was, yeah. And it was about uh, four meter waves and, you know, we're flying above and, some of the rescue services put a jet ski in the water. So that guy was on a jet ski in four meter waves. You know, he was about what, wow. 400 meters from the shore, trying to look a little more outside. And, you know, we're in a helicopter, we're searching, we have the best view in the world, you know, penthouse. And we're looking at the waves and like, you know, you know, we, we found the woman, it's gonna be interesting, but, you know, as we seeing the guy in the jet ski, he's like, you know, he's, he shouldn't be there, you know, and we're doing our, you know, our little laps, 
you go up, you go north, you go south, you extend, you know, you go left further out, north, south. And as we're coming back uh, on the beach, we should see some people, you know, waving on the beach. We're like, oh, and we're like, oh, they saw, they saw the woman. And when when we saw that, we saw, I saw the jet ski, and you're like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, it's not a woman anymore. Where's the guy? And... The guy on the jet ski. Yeah, the guy on the jet ski got, uh, he was a, um, like a sock professional, but he got washed out of his jet ski. So his jet ski was somewhere else. And we were looking and I came out of the helicopter. You know, we saw him. I started coming out of the helicopter and dude, I was, it was my first rescue. I went with the gray helmet. <laughs> uh, we had two helmets <laughs> and our home flight helmet. I went with the really gray helmet, you know, as I'm going down, it goes like the comsley just pops out. <laughs> you're like, so you wear the wrong helmet down to your very first water rescue. Damn it. Yep. <laughs> when I got back to base, no, congratulations. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh, that's great. No, but uh, I got down. As soon as I got down, I put the the rescue strap on him, and like everything just turns dark. And then you're like, "What the?" I, I just do this. It was long enough to see like one wave going completely above us and just crash down. It's an alouette. It's it's really small helicopter. Me and the guy went through the wave. <laughs> just pulled oh out. Oh my as God. as I'm coming out of the wave, all I see this helicopter is just like ding 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 ding. <laughs> and uh we we're still in the water. The we the wave was so uh, strong that as I put the rescue storm we go through the wave and he's got his back turned to me, like, okay, turn back, check it, done, we're out of there. Because uh, since the hoist was up to 150 kilos, uh, they had yes. they have to not use the lever. They have to actually pull the helicopter. So they pull it off, and we go to, to the beach. But my first rescue was to another SAR professional. So that was, it was more of a, okay, if it was the moment, you know, We'd be ready since I wanted to have calm. But it's more of like, oh, he's there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It was an interesting. Your adrenaline one. must have been through the roof with that. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and afterwards, it was more of a, okay, we did the whole jet ski. Now let's look for the lady again. So did you did you just come out of the water and then short haul to the beach and then yeah. get lowered down to the beach and that was it yeah and then they hoisted you back up to the helicopter. Yep. The, oh the my way, gosh! It was. It's mostly for shoreline rescue. It was that the limitation on the hoist had that issue. It it it's, wow. it's in limitation and I'm I'm not the the how could I say the lightest guy. I'm six foot two. I'm not <laughs> calling you, of course. <laughs> We're close, though. It's it's close. I needed to uh, eat my, my greens a little bit more. <laughs> <when I grew laughs> up. Oh, that's funny. 
Dude, you know what? Thinking about that, man, being in the water and just seeing the wave come at you. So four meters is 12 feet for those that all my Imperial friends. All right. um, That's a big wave and coming at you. And now you're holding on and then you're getting pummeled by the wave and you're, I can, I can feel it in my bones right now. Like the voice cable goes taut and then you're just along for the ride. Hey, thumbs up. You're just along for the ride as you're like getting drug. Oh, 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 oh man. In the debriefing, the debriefing I laugh my butt off. Because we you know I was hyped, it was my first rescue. And the pilot just goes like, Yeah, it was your first rescue, but the hus operator was he was having fun. What do you, what do you mean? They're like we're going like, oh, uh, you know, the rescue swimmer is getting a wave, and as the as I told you, the helicopter, you know, got a nice yank on it. And yeah. and he goes like, oh yeah, the host operator is going like, yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> you know, you guys you know are literally I'm... pulling the aircraft with the like through with the wave. The wave is pulling you guys, which is pulling the aircraft. Are you freaking kidding me? Uh, oh my know, gosh! He, he did his job perfectly. He knew what was coming. He told the pilot, you know, okay, he's getting a wave. He's going to get dragged. And you know, he got such an angle, and like, woo! <laughs> and you're like. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Let me have fun. Bro, what the heck? I believe that's freaking hilarious. What a first rescue, man. Well done to you and your crew. That's yeah. freaking, that's awesome, man. We're going to divert real quick to thank our sponsors. Precision Aviation Group. Mission critical operators and fleet managers rely on Precision Aviation Group as a worldwide leading rotor and fixed wing MRO provider. PAG provides tip to tail solutions in four MRO segments, avionics, components, engines, and manufacturing DER services. A single point of contact gives you access to over 150 million in inventory globally 24-7. Just call 800-537-2778. Precision Aviation Group. Others sell parts. We sell support. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, now I, I got to go to the next one. You've got me like hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> Pulling through the waves. Let's go. So your next one you had, you had like an overturned vessel. Yeah. Uh, overturned vessel. Uh, we got called out. Uh, we were told there might be six people in the water. And, um, you know, the Navy, as, as an MRCC, is in charge of uh, telling us coordinates. So as we came up, you know, we, we got the coordinates and we were like, okay, we're looking at it. But we, we see we see a spot on the water like fuel, but it doesn't look like the coordinates they gave us. So we're like, oh, we're investigating. As, and we're going southwards and we, we're seeing a big spot and it's funneling down. And we found the boat. And we're like, okay, we found the boat. And, you know, you saw all those debris. And afterwards, you know, like five minutes in, we see four guys, uh, you know, huddling together. And as I'm, uh, you know, four guys, it's about a mile something from the water, uh, from the shore, sorry. And, you know, we see the guys go, okay, we're going to get the guys. As I've told you before, there's a restriction on uh, two people getting hoisted together. Okay, keep that in mind. Yeah, okay, okay. So I go down, you know, I swim over and I get to the guys and 
the three guys are propping one older gentleman up. They're just propping him up because he's just, he's gone. He's just, he's, you can, you can see he's uh, severely hypothermic and he's, he's lost the plot. And as I go there, you know, I'm putting on the, the, um, what do you call it? I'm putting on the rescue stroke. And, and I'm, yep. I'm thinking to myself, Dude, I'm going to kill this guy. You know, if I try to, I can't put him alone to go to the, the helicopter. We had that, but he was hypothermic. And I'm like, he's going to black out on the way and I'm going to see him falling down. This is, this is not oh how it's gosh. supposed to go. So I'm going like, okay, you know, I have to fly with him to shore. We have to do underslung up to shore, but you know, then I'm going to like, you know, the rescue stroke going to compress his uh, thorax and he's going to black out. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm going through that dilemma, the helicopters, you know, uh, pulling me a bit to, towards the helicopter. And I'm just going like, this is not for this specific gentleman. This is not going as planned. I'm, I'm running out of options to, you know, correctly or medically leave them safe. And as I'm, I'm doing that, and I, they start to, you know, target. I start to come out of the water. And as I come out of the water, some other guys in a, a life rat, not a life rat, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a boat, a small boat, like the Zodiac. Yeah. yeah. Search and rescue Zodiac. They see us because they were already coming in from the south. They see us as they're coming in. And I'm like, oh, I'm not taking this gentleman anywhere. You know, I get up a bit, you know, I put my feet under his butt. And, yep. you know, I call the Zodiac over, get back in the water, and they come over and I help the gentleman in the boat. And you know, like, I'd rather him get rescued by the the Zodiac than propping him over. Oh, I get one more life saved. And you're like, yeah, but he's dead because, you know, it gets hydrostatic shock. So wow. my person rescue, you know, I elected to let's leave the gentleman in the Zodiac, thankfully. <laughs> you know that's but that's super smart oh yeah the one-on-one you would have had them all up there before the boat even showed up i'm just gonna throw that out there i'm just saying <laughs> you know what that's super smart dude I, I, how did you communicate with the boat did you just wave them over or did you have radio comms wave with them just wave them over that's awesome but uh I've, I remember in the debriefing, you know, like, oh, you let the guy, yeah. he wasn't in conditions to take him nowhere. I would have killed him. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want that. But I, you know, I still, still today think about that rescue, like what could I have done better? You know, every service has their own tools. You know, everybody has their limitations. Uh, you have like the EH-101, but the EH-101 is perfect for SAR. But if it's a life raft, it's going to overturn it. So you have to deal with your limitations. You know, either right. go high up or stay stay away from the life raft. So I, it gave me very much respect for not only the physical part, but the, the thinking part of it, the critical thinking yeah. part. Wow, man. That's awesome. Question, uh, which I should have asked you in the beginning, but are, do you guys stay connected to the hook at all times or, or do you guys free swim? When you get down to the water, uh, we are always connected to the hook, uh, okay, cool. ship, of course. But in the water, we're always connected. Part of it right on. stems, you know, every company or every organization has their risk appetite. Yep. So, 
uh, especially if you're working 300 miles from shore, you want to make sure that if, you know, times come, like you, you yank it up. Yeah, I didn't rescue it. Yeah, tough buddy. We're going back. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's... You're in the water. <laughs> don't, don't leave me here, man. Don't leave me. Don't leave me, man. <laughs> yeah, especially with, uh, yeah, less longer times on a, on a hover or, or, you know, or you, like I said, deadline. And you're like, we're going home. And yeah. it's policy. Got it. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, again, it's, it's, there's there's so much debate and question about what the best way to do it is. And for me, I like both. So I like having the options for both. The, yeah. 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 Options. Let me dictate I... what the option is to do the rescue versus not. But th that's not this conversation too today, Ivo. Yeah. It it's very very long conversation. Trust me, it I've, totally I've, is. I've had that conversation a few times. Still no decision. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, and you yeah, can yeah. still have conversation. And I, even if I had the um, whatever opinion, you go back to your organization and they go like, "We do it this way," and you're like, "Yes, buddy." <laughs> Roger that, so, sir. Yes, sir. Exactly. <laughs> That's how it works, man. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude, that's funny. Dang, man, that's awesome. What a good idea. Like just waving the boat over, get him in. Well done, sir. Well done. So you and the crew. It's freaking awesome. Oh, I you. love giving the crew like props. You gotta give the crew props. Like every this is not a one man show. And we know this. Dave, I'm uh, I like to think uh you know I like to think sometimes like the rescue swimmer's a drunk baby. Cause uh Sometimes, you know, the parents are just like, yeah, because, you know, we're always going like, yeah, I want to go. I want to rescue people. And they go, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> they save us sometimes from stuff. Uh, it's, it's also part of the growing up. It's part of the growing up, which is uh, learning to say no. When, yeah. as you get, as you get a, a critical thinker, and I think every rescue swimmer course is the same. You're teaching people to go like, you always go, you always save the victim. And then you go like, yeah, sometimes there's not the best conditions to it. And as you not necessarily get older, but as you get wiser, you start going like, okay, yeah, I, I could go there, but that's not going to end up right. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get hurt. Yeah. Like, and you start thinking of other options. So like, how can we mitigate this so we you know you think you'll go further and still save that life? Yeah. Right, uh, absolutely. And and I I will throw me me alone. I I try not to throw other people in there and in, in the mix. I, I like to just that way it's not speculation. It's fact. When I say yes, this is how I feel. But I remember being that guy just out of swimmer school put me in. I want to get in the water. I want to go down. I want to do this. And then the more I fly and the, the wiser I got in the aircraft, it was like, you know, you could just send the basket down and, and get, I don't actually have to go like, or at one point I was flying with like a five man crew. So two pilots, hoist operator, rescue swimmer, and a paramedic. And they, they sent me down first, huge, like huge tanker ship. And I was like, dude, the water, the dude just walked over to me. Like, you get it get come here let me wrap you up throw you in the screamer suit and boom we're gone like you don't have to send four people down to come get them i'll just do it now exactly exactly it, <laughs> yeah I, it's we 
for example, uh, in my squadron, we, we have a different way of thinking. Uh, due to our like long range missions, we do sometimes things uh, towards a more pragmatic side. So unlike a lot of our, uh, our brothers around the world, we go down with the rescue later, like on our side to a ship. We'll go directly. And that's right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, because we've we've learned how to control the, the the litter. And for example, I will have more control of go, how do I go down on my position with the litter than I do without the litter. Because I have a big sail and I can use it. I'm you know, I'm rotating, I'm starting rotating this way, I expose the sail, I stop. I'm, exp I'm starting to rotate uh, left, and I clear the sail, and I go straight. And I'm, I'm doing that uh, uh, all the way down, and on the way up, like I said, we do it different because we want to get out of there as fast as possible, so we can do that rescue. Uh, so, and we'll go down with the litter with no, um, no highline on the way up, so we learn how to control it. So uh, it, It's interesting options. It's just an option that my service uh, does it because we want to do long range missions and we want to save people. So it's about choosing the right risk or, or whatever suits you both. <laughs> so I, I, you know what? Can we, can we talk on this just a minute? Just, just for, this will be a short conversation. I promise. All right. We won't, we won't go off on a tangent with this one. <laughs> I like that though. And I, one of the reasons I like it is because I like having options. Now, I'm not saying that I, I'm going to go down tomorrow with the litter, but you guys have it up and down. So the rescue litter, for those that don't know, is a, a large backboard with sides and rails and then everybody's protected, right? And you guys have it going up and down. So the head is at your head, the feet is at your feet, and then you control it as you're going down. You guys did an example of that during the last Eurosa meeting in Portugal. The guy yep. demonstrated that. It was great. In addition to that, you leave without having a tagline, trail line, guideline, whatever you want to call it, attach it, and you just hoist it out. If you get into a spin, you guys roll into forward flight, and you're, you're good to go. Like that's – right? I want to make sure I say that right. Is that – okay, okay, cool, cool. But yeah, absolutely what a yeah. – yeah, so – but what I'm getting at here is you guys have your training on that. You, you actually practice that maneuver. So when you're practicing a maneuver, you get good at a maneuver. And if it works, use it. That might not be the best way to do things out of an A-star or a dolphin, for that matter, for us U.S. Coast Guard guys, or the H-65. Like, it might not be the best practice for that one. But it doesn't mean it doesn't work. Yeah. I, it's everyone. Everyone should choose what what works for them because, uh, for example, some uh, – some, uh, some countries might might have caveats where they go like, we can't have the rescuer and the victim on the hoist at the same time. And you're like, okay, that's worked. So you have to work around that. So it so they finish their rescues. So you know they go down, the litter goes down, the litter goes up with a tagline or a Y strap. Like that's that's fine. We like you just have to make sure that whatever when you do that procedure, you do what what's uh, you mitigate the risks of that procedure specifically and. You know, works for you. That's awesome. That's how it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. What is what is the uh, end goal? The end goal is to get the person in distress out of distress. 
How you do it is up to you and your agency and your protocols and your technical training and everything else in between. But there are other ways to do it and everybody can try it. And I love having this conversation with people. I love it. So the best, best thing uh, to me is looking how people work differently, but more detail is like, why do you do that? And you go like, okay, why do you do that? I've learned so much of going like, okay, oh, so you, sometimes you hear like, oh, that's not right. And you're like, no, no, like, let's hear why. Because then you hear the why and you're like, ah, okay, yeah. now I got you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It's, you know, it like, makes perfect sense. Like nobody, I haven't seen anybody that's in the rescue uh, business that is dumb. They just have <laughs> different ways. No, I'm serious. Very, very smart yeah. people. It's more of a yeah. sometimes... You know, you don't have the right context, and because you're you're doing your own uh, civilians or your own military SAR, and either your uh, British, uh, your what kind of, your initial training of your country was British based or French based, and that makes a difference later on. Either you yeah. have a quick release or you don't have a quick release or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're using this quick drop versus this quick drop. They're a little bit different in how they work. This litter versus this litter, they're a little bit different. This yeah. helicopter versus that helicopter, they're a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, man. There, there's a lot of examples. For example, I know um, I know uh, some countries, especially like uh, Navy helicopters, have a litter that's almost 50 kilos. And you go like, oh, why, are you using, why are you using litter that, that heavy? And they go like, okay, because our litter has the ability to be hooked and it can go vertical. Like, why do you want to go vertical? Oh, because we do rescue from uh, um, from uh, submarines. And coming a, bit, a victim from the bottom, they have to come vertical. Then at the top, uh, they'll put it uh, horizontal. Then they'll take you to the helicopter. And like, aha, okay, now I get you. So it's all about asking why. Just ask why. And it's and here's something else too that I have learned as well is that even when I ask why, because and I'll, I'll I'll throw myself again right under the bus, like I was I was very U.S. Coast Guard when I got out of the Coast Guard, but that was all I really knew, right? So then you start learning other things, and you're like, that's stupid, and then you start doing it, you're like, wow, Coast Guard's really behind, and they need to catch up to this standard in practice, and and I. I, I pick on them now a little bit, but one of them I can specifically say even now, the U.S. Coast Guard does not use wireless ICS for their rescue swimmers going out the door. I've used it for well over 10 years now. It is one of the greatest things ever to have your rescue men, your rescue swimmer, rescue man, winchman. What else are they called out there? None of us can get standard with this. So <laughs> the dude on the hook, right? Have wireless right. comms. Your wireless intercommunication system, ICS system in the air is now on the guy on the hook or on the ground. It's amazing. It's a beautiful system. Catch up. If you're not using it now, start using it. So anyway. Okay, we should probably get off our soapbox now. Or my soapbox. All right. I'm just saying I'm out. (laughs) 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 This is about you right now. What are we doing? (laughs) Oh my gosh. 
No, man. I, I, like I said, I really like this conversation. Uh, it just technique, gear, how people do stuff and why. And the why. Just ask the question, why do you do that? And if there is a better way, please show me. Please teach me because I would rather learn the better way to do things. So, anyway. Exactly. Okay, okay, okay. Bring us into another story now, man. Bring us into another story because we'll, we'll just keep going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> okay. Um, I can uh, tell you about my first rescue in the EH-11. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, basically, I, uh, I stayed five years and a half in the Alouette. I came back uh, November 2015. And oh, while I was doing that, uh, while I was getting transferred over, I got um, a spine, uh, back surgery. So I had a herniated disc. So I was oh. six months off the job. <laughs> oh my so gosh, was, how did that happen? Uh, basically, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, like unsolved, like rescue lesions that led up to like a big, a big lesion. Oh, that was the first of two in 2017. I got back surgery again. Oh. <laughs> uh, but Dang, you know, I, six months out, you know, I'll come back in, you know, one of, uh, I think it was like two or three months in, uh, I'm on duty here on Montijo base and I got called out for um, a small vessel. That said, had uh, two adults and four children. And my mind just went like, oh my God. Like, two adults and four children. And like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Like, uh, how, how am I going to do this? Who am I going to rescue first? Like, and like, what are the ages? Oh, we don't know. Like, okay. Like, and I'm trying to figure out because at the time, um, we, we got them after. And now we have something called a child rescue release uh, that you can put a, like, um, uh, child in it in there and it has like a viewpoint but it's one still one at a time and i'm i'm trying to go like okay how small of a vessel all you know i'm like children okay so they should be small can i put the rescue stroke on it because i only have like the normal sized uh one we're about 10 minutes to, to reach the the boat uh it was about three meter waves middle of night so pitch black and uh, we get the, the word, oh, um, the oldest is 21 and the youngest is 17. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got four adults. I got it. I got it. Yeah. But three meter waves, it was about a 10 meter vessel. And it was close to shore. So it was moving all over the place. And uh, all I can think about me entering the, sh the ship, because I entered the ship six times, the vessel. And the name of the boat was the VL boat, Victor Lima boat. And as as I'm coming in, you know, I'm, I was in the Alouette for five and a half years. I didn't do any right, night rescue. It was night qualified. So my first rescue, the boat's all over the place. It's not one of those big tankers or cruise ships that... You know, yeah. you, I would rather have on my first rescue. <laughs> so it was all over the place. <laughs> all I think of is like Spider-Man because I'm doing, trying to signal, but I'm still trying to cutting back my bearings. But the hoist operator, 
he had a better idea of like the timing and he just places me on a boat and I look like a spider and like <laughs> there are some pillows at the front but okay <laughs> I get on top I get the first one one of the kids get a hoist a, um, a rescue strap on him we go up I go down again you're like you and the lady just goes like uh be careful he's autistic you're like crap <laughs> And now in my mind, I'm going like, oh, if he has an episode, because can you imagine EH101 above? It's night, it's three meter waves, everything's going all over the place. And I'm going like, oh, uh, I did uh, some volunteer work when I was uh, in secondary school in an autistic um, uh, institution. Uh, and I remember if, if you have an episode, it's going to be crap. And they have an open door <laughs> up there and he's, Number two to go, so I'm going to oh go. Hey, my name's Evo. I'm gonna I'm gonna be with you the whole time. We're gonna do this, and I'm talking him the whole way through. You know, I get the rescue strap on him. We go up. You know, I go in. I put him in the back of the helicopter. I get the the first one. I sit him right next to him. You know, get all the straps in, just making sure that like everything is tight around the waist, just making sure that. He doesn't have an ideas of having an episode and crack on to the four other uh, people. When afterwards, it was, I still I still remember the six times I went to the front of the ship that had like a like I said a few pillows. I I looked like Spider Man. Okay, now I can work. You <laughs> 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 go up, go down, go. Okay. <laughs> I'm here again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That but that was an interesting first rescue. And when it was debrief, oh man. <laughs> like, hi, I'm evil. My horse operator said that for like two or three years. Hi, I'm evil. Because <laughs> one of the guys was pissed and I have to, you know, make sure that he didn't he didn't uh, have an episode on the way back. And he's like, hi, I'm even like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Dude, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm going to throw this out to you, man. You were probably, and I'm, I'm not taking away from anybody else that's in your squadron, but for that opportunity, or that in particular rescue, that, that was God calling you right there, man. He knew. You being a volunteer had done that before. You he knew. He's like, I I, I need I need Ivo on this one. Boom. I'm just throwing that my, out there, man. Yeah, I did I did a uh, hundred hours and I don't know if there's something similar in the US, but then in uh the UK they call it the Duke of Edinburgh Award, which is um something for the youth. And you have to do like uh hiking, camping, you have to learn a few techniques. Uh, and one of the things that you have to do is volunteer and you can volunteer a hospital or a firehouse. And I volunteered at the autistic institution next to my school. And, and I had to do a hundred hours to get my, uh, I think it was bronze and I was doing it, uh, some more because, and it's, you start to count your blessings and, and, um, you start to be thankful for how healthy you are and how healthy your family is once you help out people that that weren't as lucky. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. 
dude nice job nice job for the volunteering as well I, shout out for that yeah. one as well nice job dude that's good yeah yeah right but what i'm thinking about is like that in particular rescue you have experience with that um like that type of victim and as you bring up the first thing you said you brought him to the back of the helicopter strapped him in hey dude just just chill here i'll be right back like giving him the comfort and you knew what to expect you knew what was going through the mind and adapt with yeah. it dude i love yeah. that man but it, it doesn't come for how scared i was when she said he's a like, oh. <laughs> 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 you okay 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 i got this i got this <laughs> I got oh this dude that's awesome <laughs> i'm from the government i'm, I'm here to <laughs> where isn't that we're not supposed to trust that line Ivo. we're not supposed to trust that line if you hear that run run <laughs> uh, oh my gosh dude that's so funny well it seems to be that time because we've hit our bingo we'll be relaunching for part two of this episode after we refuel we'll see you soon Now, it's time for me to pull chocks and take off. But before I go, I'm always looking for the memorable rescues that people have done. If you have one that you're willing to share or know somebody who has a story, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to highlight it here at The Real Rescue. For everybody that is standing by for that SAR alarm, remember, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. So until next time, Fly safe and swim hard. Thank you for joining me today here at the Real Rescue Podcast, powered by Vertical Helicast. We'd also like to say thank you to our sponsors for this episode. Precision Aviation Group. Mission critical operators and fleet managers rely on Precision Aviation Group as a worldwide leading rotor and fixed wing MRO provider. PAG provides tip to tail solutions in four MRO segments, avionics, components, engines, and manufacturing DER services. A single point of contact gives you access to over 150 million in inventory globally 24-7. Just call 800-537-2778. Precision Aviation Group. Others sell parts. We sell support. Thank you to our sponsor, Precision Aviation Group. Mission critical operators and fleet managers rely on Precision Aviation Group as a worldwide leading rotor and fixed wing MRO provider. PAG provides tip to tail solutions in four MRO segments, avionics, components, engines, and manufacturing DER services. A single point of contact gives you access to over 150 million in inventory globally 24-7. Just call 800-537-2778. Precision Aviation Group. Others sell parts. We sell support. All right, Rotorblade. We gotta do some running on the beach today. We're gonna practice running. Ready? Let's go. Nice job, buddy. Come on, come on, come on. Good job, buddy. Yeah, Rotor. Good job, Rotor.